Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. S reads in spotlight. Welcome to Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. So we're seeing lesser number of community cases of COVID nineteen and incrementally positive uh, second half twenty outlook. Continued help from the government is the REIT market in its recovery phase. I'm going to put that question to REIT specialist and independent financial advisor Kenny Lowe. First up, time to welcome Kenny to the program. How are you this Friday, Kenny? I'm good. Thank you, Michelle. Always great to speak with you. Yeah, sure. All right, let's talk about REIT's earning season, which started last week with the results of SPH REIT, the parent company that owns this radio station. What is your Q4 outlook for the REIT sector, Kenny? My Q4 outlook is very much depends on the earnings result. Uh, from what we have seen, uh, the, the work may be over. Uh, the ugly uh, last quarter earnings of the REIT itself did not really crash the whole REIT index. This is a uh, bullish sign to me. Then in, if this quarter earnings uh, will be much better than the uh, last quarter earnings, I expect the next move uh, or next bull run will be start uh, for REIT. But by the way, the REIT has been on a staycation for close to four months, mm. uh, going nowhere. It's not going south or not going north, something like us all over us. Uh, or locked up in Singapore, we go, go no ways. <laughs> so, so my outlook will be: uh, it is expected the the D, 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 uh, dividend will be coming back, the DPO will be coming back uh, with a further easing uh, and also reopening of the economy. So, I would say that uh, the return of the dividend uh, in the coming uh, quarter, and also it may kickstart the new bull run or new uptrend for Singapore. Oh, uh, so are outlook. you looking at the bull run within six to twelve months? Yeah, six to twelve months. And uh, this is based on a large part community COVID nineteen cases still being at a very low number. At a low number, and also we start to open the economy uh, every day. Okay, are there some sectors that you are more positive about rather than others in your outlook? At this present moment, the safer sector that we probably can have so high high confidence on the return on dividend will be the retail sector. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the those retail are more um, in Singapore, in Singapore and also China, mm-hmm. and also hospitality sector, which have a, a hotel in in China, China or Singapore. The rest of the world, for example, Europe, US, maybe they still need to take some time until the COVID nineteen is really under control. Are you relatively positive on the industrial sector because of the growth drivers? The industrial sector in general, those big cap has already been overpriced. Mm. Uh, I would see that uh, the momentum, the uptrend momentum is still there, but I don't think the upside is very much. But of course, they, they may move up further. I am positive on those uh, mid cap industrial uh, rate because mm. they still have room to catch up those big caps in terms of valuation. And in the commercial sector, you expecting office rents to decline? Most of us are, right, in, in 2020. So are, are you less positive about the commercial sector? Office commercial space? office, commercial office. I would say I I am neutral, especially for a Singapore perspective. Mm. But if you look at the last quarter earnings on those uh, commercial office in US, okay, surprise me. Those, those results really surprise me. Mm. For example, Kepler, Pack, Oak, uh, Reed, uh, Manual Life Reed, and also Prime US Reed. Actually, they are not so much impacted by the COVID nineteen. Their earnings pretty resilient. So 
I I am expecting. Uh, I I'm, I want to check whether this quarter uh, earnings whether uh, those performance can be sustained. If that can be sustained, actually, uh, it, it's quite uh, attractive valuation for a time being. Okay, let's turn to Keppel DC REIT. It will join the STI on Monday, becoming a component stock of the index. Um, was it, you say this was expected? Yeah, it's expected based on a few things. Mm. Uh, the the merging of CMT and also CCT uh, has been uh, around for quite some time, and and everyone is expecting the the merge is going to happen, and also uh, there'll be a delisting of the CCT. Right after the CCT delisted from the SGX, uh, they have to replace another read, uh, which is a capital DC uh, in, in the SDI reserve lead into the the SDI index itself. So if you look at the capital DC uh, price chart, capital DC is also going nowhere, moving sideways for quite some time for mm. for close for about maybe one one month something like one or uh, let me say from July to October about three or four months. So, so it's not a surprise to me because I have already expected uh, something you'll be removed from the CCT, you'll be removed from the SDI, and another read you'll be included in the SDI. Right, right, right. And by market cap, of course, uh, Keppel DC read made the, the most sense since it was the largest stock on the SDI reserve list. Uh, when right. we look at the merger of CCT and CMT for this new combined entity called Capital and Integrated Commercial Trust, what, what is your outlook of this? Expected to be one of the largest REITs in Singapore and APEC? Uh, moving forward, Long-term investment-wise is uh, positive to me because they uh, have already become the larger, uh, one of the largest uh, uh, REIT in the whole Asia pack itself. That will increase the weightage into all those uh, global uh, uh, REIT index. Right? When they have a, a higher weightage, they have a exposure to the global investor and also the trading liquidity will increase. So, so this will be the, the good thing in terms of the liquidity-wise. On another hand, uh, due to the economic scale, they are able to negotiate a uh, lower uh, cost of capital because if you look at the cost of capital, they are still not so not so low. It is it's pretty high, I think around three percent. They are still have a room for improvement to to bring down the uh, cost of capital. If they are able to lower down the cost of capital, of course, the dividend indirectly or directly will be will be uh, increased moving forward. Of course, the uh, also based on the synergy itself, they are able to reduce all the the cost by leveraging and also uh, uh, utilizing the, on the current resources. You don't need two different type of company, two different type of marketing team, the finance team to really manage all these two. That's why you can see a lot of, of uh, cost cutting here and there. And also uh, the, the in integrated development between the, the retail mall and also uh, uh, sole commercial office, they can do much more activity to really uh, so-called create a new business, the new combination, and also leverage on existing tenants. For example, if you have a copy DM uh, on your uh, maybe retail mall, mm-hmm. you can offer the office to a copy DM, back office, the sourcing team, mm-hmm. right? This mm-hmm. is a bundle tenant deal. That's why a lot of cross-selling uh, can be done and also uh, leveraging can be done. All right. So have we talked about Maple Tree Commercial Trust yet? Is it uniquely positioned for recovery because, you know, of its assets, Vivo City, people thronging back to the malls, it looks like, and, and its resilience because of its commercial assets? Right. I think that until uh, Singapore is uh, totally open now, mm. opening out the border, uh, Maple Tree Commercial Trust probably will be moving sideways for a while because at the present moment, it's solely rely on the domestic consumption. 
right? So mm-hmm. so the the growth driver is, is not really there. Uh, but at the present uh, valuation and also granted uh, you, I, I think that maybe investor can consider. Do you think then that when it comes to you know the local catchment for malls, it's Fraser Center Point Trust um, that that could be the leader there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like the new acquisition on the Fraser Center Point uh, Trust uh, because uh, they are more defensive in nature because most of the mall. Uh, they are at a suburban area, and at the same time, they have all, also uh, some of the new acquisition in the pipeline. For example, Waterway, Pongo Boy, and, and North Point South Wing uh, in in the acquisition pipeline. So, so if uh, investor have a really long term investor horizon, yeah. this is one of the defensive uh, retail sector uh, we can consider. And and they are hundred uh, percent in Singapore. And although all traded in Sing dollar, we are collecting the rental in Sing dollar, pay us in Sing dollar. That's why we also do not have any forex risk, right? Unless the investor don't believe in Singapore <laughs> and they don't go to the mall and shop, okay, then, then they send another story. Yes, it is entirely. Kenny Lowe is our REIT specialist. He's also independent financial advisor. Are you seeing more investors look to Asian stocks over US stocks because of all this uncertainty on the, the table with the November 3rd elections? Uh, for me, I am overweight on the Asia Asia stocks because uh, I can see that there is currently a structural shift uh, and also deglobalization due to the China and U.S. trade war, and 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 in in this saga itself, basically China start to learn that they have to uh, self reliance. They cannot rely on a lot of uh, U.S. technology company or, or U.S. Te- uh, so called technology or software company itself. So so I would expect that the manufacturing uh, to be uh, slowly moved back uh, to this uh, Asia region. And that will really boost the whole uh, Asia economy. That that's the first point: mm. the decentralization and also move the supply chain back uh, to the local local side. The other reason is in terms of population growth. Uh, you if you look at a, a Asia population and also U.S. population, actually the the population growth is much more higher in Asia. We we powered by the India and also China. Uh, at the end of the day, economic activity is is closely tied to the. Population, because if you have big population, your consumption power will be higher, and and definitely we need a manufacturing plant, we need a financial sector that be close to the, to the customer. So the customer and also consumer they are in Asia, that will uh, give us a very strong foundation for the future growth uh, in, in Asia. The third point will be the the introduction of five G, right? Five G. Uh, is the replacement technology on a 4G, and this uh, new introduction will probably uh, introduce a lot of new uh, application, and all these kind of new application you further trigger the the new wave of uh, manufacturing activity. For example, if you want to move to the 5G, we need the 5G infrastructure. We need to mute the uh, uh, make the new uh, uh, so-called IC, right? When you have an IC, you need to uh, have a new wafer. Uh, manufacturing and also you need the new set of test assembly and equipment manufacture and so on and so forth. Yeah. That, 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 all, all this new technology, you trigger a series of all the uh, transformation and also upgrading. And, and you can see that this is not the one to, uh, this is a, a replacement. Hmm. I, I, I would say that this will uh, also help in Asia because majority of all these kind of manufacturing activities, the yep. plant, they are in Asia. Hmm. 
makes a lot of sense. I want to drill down a little on uh, China tech stocks because we know that the U.S. is looking to punish Chinese companies and is proposing adding China's Ant Group to a trade blacklist. Um, this before the fintech arm of Alibaba, that e-commerce giant, is slated to go public. So if we were as an investor to look at the possible issues ahead for Ant Group and, and the Tencent payment systems, anything concerning you there? It very much depends on the investment horizon. Uh, if I, I have a very long investment horizon. I have a 5 years, 10 years, 20 years second horizon. Mm. Uh, if you really look at the digital payment uh, system, digital payment is here to stay. It has already happened in China that uh, we are moving into the cashless society, but the rest of the world, we are still not moving into the digital payment or cashless society yet. So so it's not a, a matter whether digital uh, payment system will be here or not. It definitely will be here and will happen in a big way uh, in the very near future, whether you like it or not. So nobody can stop this mega trend over the long term. And on top of that, uh, China uh, is the second largest economy in the world now. And very soon, uh, they'll become the world number one. Companies who want to do the business with China, they have to adopt their platform, whether you like it or not. Because if you don't adopt a type platform, there cannot be the China supplier. You cannot do a business with China. So, so all this economic factor, you eventually uh, so, uh, get more and more business, more and more people to really onto the platform. Okay. So, so I, I would say that anyone want to stop this uh, mega trend is like uh, an ostrich uh, hiding its head uh, in the sand, <laughs> ignoring all the fact the mega trend. You don't, you don't, you don't fight the mega trend. Mm, just like you don't fight the Fed, you don't fight a mega trend. So right, when you right. when you look at headlines like you know uh, Singapore's GIC yeah. planning to invest more than one billion dollars in Ant Group's mega initial public offering, do you think that investors too are looking for a bigger slice of the Chinese payments behemoth? I think investors should also look at this uh, this kind of uh, digital platform moving forward because I I. I see that digital payment is part of the ecosystem of the digitization of the economy. And this payment system is involved in all aspects on the business, as long as there is a transaction, monetary transaction is concerned. And also, it also affects our life. And if everything affects our life, affects the business itself, actually, we can use a digital uh, payment system to really do a transformation in all areas. Because everybody boarding the same platform itself enables us to scale the business and to be more efficient because it's much more faster in terms of transaction on, and at the same time, you can reduce your inventory, reduce your transaction time, reduce your, your waiting time and also the connectivity to the whole world. So there are a lot of benefits into uh, coming into the uh, common platform. And, and actually, for, for, for me, I don't think that uh, when U.S. doing all sorts of this kind of curve and, and you, you impact uh, in the long term mm. because... The long-term economic uh, impact of this kind of digital transformation uh, outweighs the political uh, uh, issue uh, in, in the U.S. Mm. It's only short-term. And it also depends who is on the, in the office. You change out yeah. of brain, you change your head, the whole thing will change. So <laughs> all this kind of thing is just a knee-jerk effect. <laughs> Look for the bigger trends. So what's on your stock-to-watch list, Kenny? Yeah, I... I, I I will not look for individual stock. Basically, I am uh, sector focused. Okay. Like we, we are focused on a major trend. 
Uh, I would say that uh, REIT is still the next exact class uh, to, to invest in. Uh, there are a few reasons. The, the first reason is after the run of the, of the technology stock, I would expect that some of the investors or fund managers, they'll take profit on the technology stock and they are such to switch to some of the uh, new generating uh, asset classes. For example, uh, those uh, stock or REIT that can pay high dividend. That, that's first expect. It, it depends on when the, the money flow will come back to the REIT sector. The second reason is because of the low interest environment, the bond yield is pretty low. It does not really make sense for the investor to park their money in the treasury uh, bill less than 1% and also uh, maybe all the triple A investment grade bond 2 to 3%. And, and I think that eventually there will be some uh, flow out from the bond sector into the risk sector, which can generate a 5, 6, 7% dividend yield. Okay, but, but this one is all very much depend on whether the dividend is returning to the, the rate. That's why this quarter earnings is very important. If the, the earnings show that the, the return of the dividend, I think that there will be some allocation back to the risk sector again. The third factor will be the macro environment. Uh, under current uh, low interest environment, plenty of money and also uh, cheap valuation in terms of the property sector, I would expect that there will be a lot uh, bigger scale uh, merger and acquisition happen uh, to growth the risk sector uh, at the present moment. So, so uh, I am uh, bullish in the risk sector. I think that this is the sector that investors should take a look into it because that uh, beside on the dividend itself and at the same time also can capture on the capital appreciation due to the low valuation. A wealth of insights. Always great speaking with you, Kenny. Thank you for sharing with us today. Thank you, Michelle, for having me. He's Kenny Lowe, our REIT specialist and independent financial advisor, joining me in Money and Me. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.